Hey everyone, welcome to the Motorola Solutions Technology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to our replay episodes from our live streams on LinkedIn and YouTube. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, this is Julio Rodriguez and welcome to Motorola Solutions Live. I want to thank you for joining me as we come to you on Fridays at 10 a.m. I know it's been a few weeks since we were able to do a show, had a lot of travel going on uh, back and forth across the country and uh Actually, uh, Josh reached out to me, who we're going to be talking to today, to uh, talk about Vigilant. And uh, I figured it was a great opportunity to revisit this. I think we talked with uh, Kyle Hirsch from the Vigilant team about a year ago. So there's probably been some great developments and uh, you know different ways that the product works that we're going to learn about today. We're going to get a great overview from uh, from Josh and uh, feel free to ask questions as we go out, as we go through the through the content. And while we get started, while we wait for everybody to come on in, go ahead and type what city, what state, what country that you're watching from. If you're on the Motorola Solutions team, if you know if you sell a particular product or you're with a certain division, let us know. We love hearing from you um, with all of those things. So hopefully we'll be able to do these um, at least twice a month. Uh, I want to start doing them bi-weekly. So if you have any ideas for uh, products or services or content that you'd like to see, go ahead and reach out to me here on LinkedIn or you can email me at uh, Motorola Solutions. It's uh, julio.rodriguez at motorolasolutions.com. Feel free to reach out to me and ask questions. If you have any questions about a Vigilant, Pelco, um, Ava, OpenPath, or Vigilant, or any of the products that we sell, I'd be more than happy to get you in touch with any of the teams that are responsible for that in your area. So um, we've got about an hour with Josh. I wanna make sure we make good use of his time. Keep those comments coming in as we go. We love hearing from you guys as much as possible. Hey, Mike, great to see you. I'm no, I know you're cooking some stuff up in that innovation lab over there. Let's see who else we got. Chris Rhodes, thanks for joining. And Anthony, absolutely. Appreciate you joining us today. And Nico, good to see you again, man. So let's go ahead and bring uh, Josh on here and go ahead and get started. Hey, Josh, how's it going? Good morning from Pennsylvania. PA, all right. So. Uh, before we get started, uh, give me a little bit of background. I know you came from the Avigilon team um, a few years ago. What have you been doing? You were uh, in Pittsburgh, correct? Yeah, so uh, I was on the the Avigilon team for about a year. Uh, I think I think I might have helped interview you. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we um, talked before I came on board. That was in 2019, I think. It, I think you actually interviewed me about Motorola <laughs> and Avigilon. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so I was on the Avigilon team for about a year. Uh, prior to that, I went. I was with a uh, systems integrator in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. uh, I left the Avigilon team, went back to the integrator uh, for, uh, I think, two years. And then uh, I just jumped on board with the Vigilant team about a year ago, two weeks ago. So I've been okay. here just over a year. So I've uh, been in the industry since 1999. So, you know, 20 plus years doing security integrations, spent a lot of time in operations management, service management, uh, mm -hmm. sales, pretty much anything I could get my hands into, I was I was doing so. Uh, so yeah, been around for a while. So good deal. So tell me a little bit about Vigilant and what we're going to be talking today. What, what is Vigilant actually? We, we advertise it as ALPR. We love, yeah. love, love our acronyms at, at Motorola Solutions. So ALPR is automated, automated. Yes. License plate. Automated license plate recognition. Okay. Right? So, uh, ALPR, or I think there's another one out there, automatic numbering, you know, there's an N mm -hmm. instead of an L. Um, <clears throat> so really vigilant is all things license plate recognition. So okay. our hardware is purpose built for license plate recognition. Uh, our software is revolves around license plate recognition. So what you're used to on the vigilant side is, you know, capturing license plates and having them as part of your Vigilon ACC software and seeing them in there in a list, right? Mm -hmm. We kind of take it like we, we boost it up. It's kind of like LPR on steroids type thing. So gotcha. we don't just give you a list view. We give you analytical functions of, you know, predictability. When is this person going to be at this location next type mm -hmm. thing? Um, and it all revolves around data. So we pride ourselves in having the nation's, possibly the world's largest LPR database, which I'll kind of get into, but, you know, roughly around 40 billion detections, you know, so, wow. and that's between law enforcement entities and our commercial entities. So, um, so it's a big database and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people tap into it for, you know, finding, finding 
good guys and bad guys. And I mm-hmm. uh, kind of the, the easiest way to say it. So, okay. So before we, we take a look at the, the demo of the software and everything, um, how is, how does this go to market? Cause we know, you know, Vigilon goes through the partner channel. Um, Pelco has got partners plus distribution. How do, how does uh, Vigilant go to market? A couple of different ways. So Vigilant kind of goes to market direct to end users. So we mm-hmm. sell a lot direct to our, our end user that's going to be using the actual product, right? So we have that ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have resellers. So not as many on the, you know, as the Vigilon team does, right? So we have a handful of resellers across the country. Um, and they, you know, they're repping our product and talking about our solutions and selling them, you know. Um, and then we have uh, Motorola MRs, you know, and the MRs mm-hmm. that are out there, these are Motorola resellers, you know, right. that are traditional, you know, maybe radio resellers. And they're kind of, you know, taking advantage of the other products that Motorola is purchasing over the years, like the Avigilons and the Avas and things like that. Um, so the MRs actually have the ability to promote our products, right? So some of them are actual resellers, other ones just kind of promote our products and they get, you know, financial benefit from, you know, promoting our products. Product. And then a lot of times they get used to do a lot of those installations. So. Yeah, we had a project uh, over in my old territory that where it was a direct to uh, local government, but then we partnered with one of the Avigilon partners to yep. um, get some numbers on the install and put that whole package together right. with uh, a lot of different ways. So it's, it's really interesting how that works. Um, so who's this product for? Who's, who's your main uh, customers here? Yeah, so main customers are anybody who needs or wants to know who's coming in or out of their facility. So in my territory, my primary focus over the last year has been primarily towards law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's a sworn officer or, or deals with, you know, law enforcement. So district attorneys, uh, um, uh, state and local government, right? A mm-hmm. uh, lot of local PDs, you know. So that's been my main focus personally. Uh, but throughout our vigilant team, we have guys that are geared toward, you know, purposely selling to uh, parking entities and they mm-hmm. go around and they're looking for parking management companies that want to be more efficient. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's a there's a couple of stories of some parking management companies that had three guys in a car driving around town and it's in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and they had three guys driving around town and they're doing parking enforcement. One guy's driving. One guy is writing down every license plate that oh they pass by. And then the third guy is in the back seat with a computer and he's checking that license plate to see how long it's been parked at that location. Wow. Right? The ultimate human analytics system, right? So <laughs> lots of people, you know, lots of man hours doing, you know, a very simple task. So what we were able to do for them was outfit their vehicle with four LPR cameras. Mm-hmm. And now one guy drives through town and does nothing but drive. And all he wow. has to do is drive through and we do digital tracking and parking enforcement and we do it way more efficiently. So now he can drive through town in a couple of minutes, whereas before he had three people and it was taking them maybe an hour to get through town one time. So, right. you know, again, efficiency level goes up and then, of course, comes with that revenue. Right. So we're able to help them generate more parking revenue just by being more efficient. So, right. uh, so parking is a big one. Law enforcement's a big one. Um, commercial entities. We have some big box stores that use our mm-hmm. products for their parking lots. And one of the cool features of Vigilant is the ability for us to share LPR data on the back end in the cloud with mm-hmm. law enforcement. So even if I'm not a law enforcement entity and I'm using Vigilant LPR, I can basically share all that LPR data with the law enforcement if I want to, right? So right. They, they choose if they want to do that. So, so like a, a, a- big box store or mall can share the vehicles coming in and out of their property with local or actually the entire database. So if there is an Amber alert or silver alert and that plate shows up in that property, the, the commercial entity doesn't get notified of it because it's not their responsibility. It's actually the law enforcement that gets notified of that and they can respond to that faster. That's right. So the, cool. the law enforcement gets notified instantly that this individual with a warrant for their arrest or stolen vehicle just mm-hmm. entered that shopping mall. And within a couple of minutes, the police are showing up. Right. So, wow. you know, we, I asked the, the shopping mall, like, how do, why do you like this? Like you're deterring clients from coming here eventually. Right. Like just give me some background, you know? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Our mall is super safe. We don't care if we're keeping a handful of people out, you know, right. we, we've got this great place where, you know, bad guys come here and they get caught and they learn about it. So they stay away. So, so, yeah. so what does the, com- I know we're kind of getting a little bit into the, the details of it, but what does the commercial entity, like a retail store, what do they use the LPR for? 
So a retail store really, you know, tracking who's been there, right? So mm -hmm. <clears throat> a lot of times, if you think about like retail theft, you know, mm -hmm. so I was uh, having a conversation with um, a small shopping center and they have a lot of retail theft. Well, a lot of these shopping centers and places like that are just kind of calling the local police department and saying, hey, we had a theft. It's your problem, right? You investigate right. it. Well, these guys are getting inundated with, you know, having to look at these small crimes. Right. And so these detectives who are now supposed to be looking at major crimes are now spending a lot of time on minor crimes like shopping theft. Right. Mm -hmm. So what the mall can do or this big box store is they share this data with local PD and eliminate all of the cybersecurity of sharing a login. So imagine a big box store having a police department that needs access to their video surveillance system. What right. has to happen? Well, the police officer has to drive over there. He's got to wait for the store manager. They got to log into the VMS. They got to look at video and look at recorded video, right? It's going to take forever, right? right? They can't give them a login because of cybersecurity these days. No one's going to share logins and poke holes in their network to give them access, right? So right. by sharing the LPR data, all they have to do is log into their Vigilant account back at the police department. And instantly they have all the people who came into that shopping plaza on that day and time. So... They can basically hand it over to the police department, you know, as they normally would. But the police department is way more efficient to be able to search and find, you know, the potential wow. people that were involved in whatever this incident was. So. That looks that sounds really cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's take a look at uh, the presentation and demo that you've got for us today. Sure. So kind of did. Let's see here. Slides, share screen. This pulled up. Here we go. All right. Let's uh, make sure you can see my slide deck here. Perfect. All right. Here we cool. go. So as we jump into like Vigilant, like what is it, right? <clears throat> I mm -hmm. call it the ecosystem, the Vigilant LPR ecosystem, right? So it's comprised of a couple of pieces of hardware, and they're primarily cameras, right? They're purpose-built for LPR. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a database, and then we've got some Windows pieces of software, and then we've got a cloud-based application, which is where everybody goes for administering the system and also all of their investigative-type tools. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we are kind of already answered this. Who uses LPR? These are all the things that we just talked about, right? What does the ecosystem do? <clears throat> Detections. So bring any detection to us. So you can either use our cameras, you can use other cameras, you can use your own LPR system that you already have. Mm -hmm. We want your data. Bring your data. We'll send it up to Vigilant in the cloud. And, then and that's a smartphone at the bottom? It could be. Yep. I'll show you that oh, nice. here in a moment. Yep. So again, this day and age, got to have an app, right? Got yeah. to have an app for that. So we do too. Um, so bring your detections. All that data goes to the cloud. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we can do all kinds of fun things. We can do data sharing. We can do real-time alerting. Of course, we've got our analytical search tools, which we'll talk about. Um, but that's where all the fun happens, okay? Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm just going to touch on these three cameras. We only have three. Super, super, super simple. Like when I was with the Avigilon team, we had how many cameras, I think? A <laughs> hundred and some. Oh, right? there's more now, yeah. Right. Yeah. So walk into a place. You know, I got a, I got a bag of tricks I'm showing people, right? Well, right. this day and age, I drive around. I have a very small Pelican case and a, and a, and a demo vehicle, right? Right. Um, so three cameras. We'll start with the one on the left, right? So this is our fixed camera. This camera is purpose-built for license plate recognition up to 130 feet from the camera, mm -hmm. um, high rates of speed, 150 miles an hour. So oh, wow. think of easy pass lane, right? Mm -hmm. Drive through there as, as fast as you can. As long as you're 150 miles an hour or less, we're going to capture that plate. Okay? Right. Uh, the mobile camera in the middle, that's essentially the same camera as the fixed, except for it's a little shorter. So it's not as deep of a camera uh, mm -hmm. because we have a shorter lens inside that. Okay. But this camera is meant for on your car. So this is mounts on a vehicle, whether it's a patrol vehicle, parking vehicle, a street sweeper. We've got these things on anything that goes on the street. So we've got an application that somebody's using somewhere in the country where mm -hmm. this mobile camera is on that particular, uh, it might be a golf cart, you know, right. for sake. So uh, stick this on something that's driving around. That's what this camera is meant for. It's going to scan all the vehicles that it comes past. Mm -hmm. Typical installation of a mobile system, you know, in the states that I cover is three cameras. Parking applications, they get a little bit more crazy. I've seen one that was six cameras on a single car because they don't want to miss anything. So right. they want to scan everything, right? So, um, But you can have up to six cameras on a single vehicle with our system um, and scan as many plates as you come in contact with, okay? 
So the last one on the right, that's our newest. That thing is due to start shipping. Well, they tell us, right? We're in the manufacturing world. They tell us the end of this month, right? So that's going to start shipping. So the quick deploy camera, that camera, it's it goes on a pole. It's not mm -hmm. for a car, right? But that camera is meant for quick deploy. Throw it up in 15, 20 minutes. It's solar mm -hmm. and cellular. It'll do anything 75 miles track of traffic or less. And it's going to scan all your plates without having to run a single cable to that location. Okay. Um, cellular, so it's also cellular. Yeah. Yep. Cellular nice. and solar. Right. So works on AT&T FirstNet, works on regular AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, Sprint, any SIM card you can throw in that thing, it's going to run. Okay. Uh, super cool device. The last one I put up, not that quick deploy, but our current quick deploy camera, it took me 15 minutes and I was drinking a cup of coffee and chatting with the police chief. So, um, you know, it's, it's meant to be put up in very quick amount of time. So what you can do as a client, maybe you have an event once a year at your town, right? So I have an agency in Delaware. They've got this huge party that they have every year. Well, they just ordered eight of these things. So on that weekend every year, they're going to throw these up around town. They're going to collect all this LPR data of everybody who came in. And maybe they leave some of them up after this, you know, weekend event, or maybe they take them down and put them somewhere else. Okay. Right. But it's a quick deploy. It's meant to be super, super easy to put in. Um, yeah. And we had one question come through already. Um, Mike Miller was asking, cause we said, bring your own camera. Yep. Um, so, you know, he wanted to ask about how, you know, it works with the Vigilant. Yes, and I will show that. Excellent. Good deal. Good question, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, with us, we believe license plate recognition is not a one-size-fits-all. You know, Motorola has, you know, a competitor that only has one camera, okay? And they try and make that camera work in every single application. And the fact of the matter is that, you know, you need different technology in different locations to do different jobs, right, at the end of the day. So... If you remember from your Avigilon design days, right? What did mm -hmm. you do? You used the Avigilon design tool and you spec'd out a two megapixel here, a five there, a 30 here, whatever. The ultimate goal was to have whatever that pixels per foot density on that object, you know, to give the client the resolution that they wanted at the end of the day, right? Right. So LPR is similar. So we mm -hmm. do a very similar thing. We use the IPVM tool. And we mm -hmm. actually have our Motorola LPR cameras loaded in there. And when a client comes to us and they say, hey, we want to do this intersection, right? Mm -hmm. So what we do is we lay out the right camera to do the right job. So this is an intersection uh, in eastern Pennsylvania. It's a five-way. Okay. And what they asked me was, we want everybody who's coming through this intersection. I'm like, all right, well, that's pretty simple. Well, so I gave it to my sales engineer and he laid this out. And the big thing I want to note is, each one of these cameras, the pink ones are a different model from the blue one. The green ones are a different model from the orange one, right? So mm -hmm. our fixed cameras, they're all the same as far as what they do, but mm -hmm. internally we have different lenses. So that's why the camera is a little bit bigger than the mobile camera because we okay. can do a 50 millimeter lens inside that. So when we design something, and then the client orders the product from us, we ship it to them with whatever they needed for that design, okay? Um, mm -hmm. And then the last thing to note on here is this red one right here that's on this street, that's actually the quick deploy camera. So my engineer was able to say, hey, the volume on this road and the location where this camera needs to go, we can actually get away with a quick deploy camera. So nice. where that's beneficial is, think about the installation cost, 20 minutes for a technician to hang a camera, as opposed to these other cameras, they need power. I need data, right? Um, I need uh, traffic blocked off, you know, to get my bucket truck over the roadway. So right. my infrastructure and my installation cost is much greater on these fixed cameras over here than it is on my quick deploy. Now, ultimately, to do the job that they want at this particular intersection, we need to use those fixed cameras on those, you know, higher rates of speed roads and the higher mm -hmm. volume roadways, right? So again, it's LPR is not one size fits all. I had an agency ask me the other day, we've got money, but we don't know whether to get a mobile system, a quick deploy or a couple of fixed cameras. And right. I said to me, you want them all, right? You want to have a mix. You, yeah. you want the patrol vehicle driving around, capturing vehicles in driveways and in shopping plazas and things like that. You want the fixed cameras on the intersections. You want it all. So right. it's not one size fits all. It's kind of like, what is, you know, what's your goal? 
and then we kind of help you work with that goal to achieve, you know, the end result that you are looking for. So absolutely. And we actually have a couple of really good questions here. So Jeff uh, Silverberg, uh, he's a uh, system designer and he says he's got a large distribution center slash port that wants to track arrivals and route them to the right dock slash location and then know when they depart. Is that within the capabilities? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, anything that we can track, we can we can scan with that license plate. Uh, we can actually then notify of where that particular vehicle is, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we have a great group of software guys in the back end of our office that you know have done some custom type things. Uh, we have a university in Virginia that uses our cameras on their parking lots and parking garages, mm -hmm. and what we do is we feed that data of how many people came into each lot to their, uh, to their IT department. Their IT department takes it and they post it on the mobile app that the students use. So they know what, uh, how many lot. parking spaces. Yeah. So really simple use case of LPR, right? Mm -hmm. But we're doing more than just that, right? With the LPR, we're actually feeding the data over to the, the, the actual police department that's on staff. But they were like, hey, can we use this for other things, right? Can we, right. Just, you know, can we use it for more than just law enforcement on campus? Absolutely. You know, we can tell you how many people came in and how many people left. Similar to an access control system. You know, you mm -hmm. can actually use LPR for access control if you wanted to. Right. Um, you know, we've done that as well. So yeah, absolutely can is within the capabilities of it. Okay. And uh, Anthony has another question for us. Um, saying for the quick deploy, is there a minimum or maximum requirement to capture the plate? So I know the quick deploy doesn't, it, it, you told me that the, the fixed camera has up to 150 miles and, you know, Correct. X amount of cars per, per second or per minute. What would the, you know, parameters be for that quick deploy camera since it's kind of a little standalone with kind of a self-contained system? Yep. So that is 75 miles per hour or less mm -hmm. and 75 feet from the camera. So you can push that camera to two lanes if you do what's called side firing. So mm -hmm. if you saw from this design, that's exactly what we're doing here with this camera. We're, we've got it at an angle, which mm -hmm. elongates our field of view for the capture area, right? Okay. To, the, to the double lanes, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if you remember with a Vigilon, it's all about pixels per foot. Right. right. Density, right. Pixel mm -hmm. per foot density on target to do that LPR. It's similar for us, but not exactly. So we don't do lanes of traffic. We don't say, hey, you need one camera per lane. We basically tell you we can do multiple lanes of traffic with this camera. But you need to understand that if there's a truck in the inner lane closest to the camera and then yeah. there's a vehicle on the other side, obviously, you're not going to see that car. Right. Right. So for us, our field of view on these cameras is very narrow because mm -hmm license plate recognition is a, is a, it's a hotspot on the road, right? It's right, right in the middle, right? We don't need situational awareness. So we're focusing all of our, our efforts with the lens on the camera into that middle area where the vehicle passes so we can capture the plate. So right. for the quick, deploy and that's camera, why you said, that's why mm -hmm. you said having the multiple technologies, the, the vehicle roaming around a quick deploy camera, a fixed camera, because sometimes cars are going to be just out of, out of the field of view, or they're going to be too close together in bumper to bumper traffic in order to be able to be seen on Correct. camera with that license plate. So Correct. That, that does make all sense. Those, okay. Yeah. All those things play into play into the factor, right? Good deal. Um, so yeah. So for the quick deploy, 75 miles per hour or less and 75 feet from the camera is what your rules of thumb are. It's okay. not really based on volume. So the camera is rated on battery alone with no solar panel. The camera is mm -hmm. rated for 20,000 scans. So okay. It goes to sleep when it's not scanning anything, and then it wakes back up. In fact, that camera has a radar sensor in both sides of the camera, and mm -hmm. that's how it's waking up the camera. So think of the Avigilon presence detector, mm -hmm. same kind of thing. It's inside that camera. We're using that radar detector to actually wake the camera up, scan the license plate. And we don't stream video. That's the other thing people have a hard time you know, right. really wrapping their head around. This They're is a like, detector. Oh, exactly. So I can log into this camera and see a live stream? No, no. you cannot. Now, our our fixed camera, our L5F that goes on the roadways, it does have a, an on-vif profile substream that you can pull if you wanted to. But it's so narrow of a field of view, it doesn't really provide you a whole lot of information. But right, you're not going to get your situational awareness from it. Correct. You're just going to kind of see the bumper of the car correct. going past. That's correct. It's it's meant for license plate recognition, not situational awareness. Gotcha. Um, okay. So yeah. Okay. Um, mobile app. So yeah, 
got to have an app for that, right? These, this day and age. So this is basically taking your, your, your mobile phone and mm -hmm. turning it into a license plate recognition camera. So why the heck would you want to do this? Right. That's, that's what a question I always get on. Lost my headphone. No problem. Sorry. Talking with my hands. I lost my, <laughs> lost my, ear, my, my ear pods there. Um, so why the heck would you want to do this? Right. So think of somebody who's on foot, right? They don't have a vehicle, um, but they want a catalog license plates. Right. Maybe it's parking enforcement. Maybe it's law enforcement. The one that gets used all the time in the world that I live in, primarily law enforcement is detectives who don't drive patrol vehicles. These guys mm -hmm. are driving unmarked cars. They right. just have a Ford Taurus. It's black. Right. That's it. So they show up to a scene of a crime or an incident. They pull out their iPhone. They open our mobile app. They walk the scene. They catalog all the license plates instantly. Nice. All those plates go up to the cloud into Vigilant, right? So mm -hmm. once they're there, they're there forever, right? So as long as your data retention on your system is set, mm -hmm. it'll be there indefinitely. So a detective just has to go scan all the license plates when he gets there. He doesn't have to write them all down with a piece of pen and a piece of paper anymore. Right? right. Scans them with his mobile phone. They all go to the cloud. When he gets back to the office, he can start working his case and all of his detections are sitting there. And he can do a report that just says, show me every detection that was from this day and time at this particular location, which I'll show right. you. So again, just a really cool, efficient way to grab license plates. Um, and again, everything that gets cataloged as a license plate detection is an image of the vehicle, a scan of the license plate. So an image of the license plate, um, time, date, location, um, uh, time and date and geolocation. So, and who scanned it? That's the other important thing, which agency or which person actually made the scan. So you can see on our reports when an agency is doing data sharing across the country, if mm -hmm. somebody scans a plate of interest to this one agency from California, they can say, Hey, officer XYZ at department ABC in California, scan this plate. I'm going to call that guy and talk to him. Right. Yeah. And some of the stories that I've heard are just amazing where somebody in California puts, enters in a plate that they're interested in. And it was from a local situation. It was an abduction, a child abduction. And mm -hmm. within, I think it was less than 24 hours, that plate was getting pinged in, in New York. It was oh, just yeah. like way across the country already. Yep. And they were hitting, getting plate hits that fast from, you know, the other side of the country. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, unbelievable how efficient this works and because it's all in the cloud it all works instantaneously right mm -hmm. so that's the that's the other benefit so all right so i kind of crafted this slide you know uh you've heard of byob you know mm -hmm. some restaurants you know you, you bring your own beer uh well this is i call this bring your own data or your device mm -hmm. so the other thing that vigilant can do is we have competitors you know uh that have lpr systems obviously mm -hmm. right so we go into a client's location and they really like what we have. They really like what we do. Uh, they like all the feature sets and all these different things that we have that their current system doesn't allow them to do or have. Right. So we have the ability to take all their existing LPR data, export mm -hmm. it from their system, and then import it into Vigilant. So all their data then becomes in one place. It all ends up in Vigilant Learn. Okay. So mm -hmm. we can do this for you for a one-time data import. Pretty simple. If they're going to continue to use that legacy LPR system from another company, we actually have the ability on some, some systems to put a script that runs in the background on the server. And every five, 10 minutes, we will take any current detection that they're getting off of that legacy system, and we will feed that detection up to Vigilant. So it's a way for them to migrate without doing rip and replace, mm -hmm. right? Uh, keep your existing stuff, keep your existing hardware, and then start to migrate over to Vigilant to benefit from our technologies and our software, right? So we give them a migration path to do that. Very simple. The other thing we do, which is called Link. So Link is bring your own IP camera. So mm -hmm. I have an agency over in Delaware I was working with. They're using a different, you know, piece of software than Vigilant. Uh, they're unhappy with it. It's not doing a great job for them. So I said, hey, no problem. Let me install my Link software, uh, which will basically run on a Windows machine. Mm -hmm. And it takes a video stream from your IP camera and looks at that video and grabs all the license plate detections that come through. Okay. Okay. So we installed it. <clears throat> we ran it on one Axis camera. Now this mm -hmm. Axis camera actually happened to be an Axis LPR camera. So it was sure. doing a great job. 
So we compared the results from our Vigilant software to their previous software that they were using because I left both video streams running. Sure. So all I did was pull a substring, right? Mm -hmm. So left both running so that we could get some data that could say, hey, how well does mine do against your other piece of software? Right. Uh, we were 80% more efficient wow. than the other piece of software. So and you were capturing I, more plates more often, right. better quality, all that that's from right. the exact same video stream we, we were, of the algorithm. Yeah, we were inundating the one officer who uses this system with more data than he could deal with, honestly. Right. So, and that was one camera of 10 total that they have. So right. their path moving forward is to start migrating over to Vigilant software and send it all to Vigilant Cloud using that application. So mm -hmm. again, it's meant for someone who has an existing IP camera that might be in a good location to do license plate recognition. The thing that I caveat with people is oftentimes your existing IP camera has been installed for more situational awareness than license plate recognition, right? as you know. So when we take their existing IP camera in certain circumstances and we narrow that field of view and we aim it four feet off the ground on a roadway, right? Mm -hmm. Now they lose their situational awareness. So they right. really have to understand what this use case is going to be of this camera after the fact. And we don't want to, you know, we don't want to basically take their camera and re-aim it. And now they lose all their situational awareness, right? So mm -hmm. again, we have a bunch of questions we ask people. It's part of our consultative, you know, consultative way of selling and approaching, right. you know, clients. But it's really, we want to make sure that when we repurpose this IP camera, you know, we didn't take away from what they were using before. Right. right. So. right. so Jeff uh, Silverberg has another question for us. And I think this is in um, relation to how the, mobile app works for gathering license plate data. So mm -hmm. has this been tested on the APX Next or ION radios? Because I know that those two radios have a specific app store where only certain apps will work on them. Mm -hmm. Do you know whether or not the uh, the Vigilant app has been added to that so that it can function as a uh, as a license plate capture tool? Gotcha. So uh, the mobile app is specific to Android and iPhone. And I personally don't know enough about the APS next, APX Next device to be able to answer that question, but I will, okay. I will find out. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll follow up with you, Jeff. I have Jeff's uh, email. We can, we can cool. circle back offline. Yep. But Great. yeah, that, that, you know, um, that kind of brings it into the, uh, the notification piece of it because this is part of that ecosystem that we all talk about. Yep. Once these license plates get recognized, the integration and the data that becomes available can get pushed. You know, these alerts get pushed around and, and they can go to the radios and they can deploy people to, to respond to incidents so much faster. That's right. That's right. Yep. So, and I have some, I have some data on that here. We'll get to, um, sure. and so there's, there's a couple pieces of windows software, right? So vigilant operates in the cloud. That's where all the fun analytical stuff happens, which I'll show you, but I do want to highlight just a couple of the pieces of windows software so that we can make sure people really understand what this looks like. If you're, you know, for instance, this is called car detector mobile. This mm -hmm. is if you're in a vehicle scanning license plates, driving around. So I'll play this video here and I'm not going to let it play too long and then I'll stop it. But so again, as you're driving around, mm -hmm. pause it just because it gets super annoying. Uh, <laughs> as you're driving around, it scans every license plate that your car passes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is the data that it's going to give you upper right hand corner, thumbnail overview of the vehicle, mm -hmm. left hand side, a image of that license plate. Uh, down here, got a little bit of a list view, tells you which camera scanned it. So you know which direction that vehicle was going and what side of your vehicle that it passed. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing make model, you know, make and model here, right? So we can kind of see that we got the plate number. If there was a hot list alert. So if any of these plates were a stolen vehicle or an Amber alert or anything really that the agency has defined as a hot list, mm -hmm. it would show up right over here on the left. And a pop-up would happen. It would, you know, be in a sound, a different sound than that ding would happen. It's more of like a siren type sound that comes up and it shows you, Hey, you just passed this vehicle. It's on a hot list. Here's what it's wanted for, you know, mm -hmm. and that gives you that real time alert that you were just talking about. Right? So this is cool because it, you know, when we think of camera technology and software and in the old school on-premise version, we always thought the recorder had to be in the, you know, connected directly to the camera. That was always right. the way it used to be. But with this, you're telling me that it's on the vehicle, on the patrol car or mobile vehicle, the cameras are sending it up to the cloud. And this is just an interface that's giving you kind of a, a brief overview of what data is coming through from your particular 
vehicle that's going to be close to you. But if I wanted to go back, everybody else can see this because all that's of this right. data is getting put up to the cloud. Yep. So if we nice. look on here, this this and this is just the officer or the patrol vehicles MDT. So it's already mm -hmm. their Windows computer that they already have, right? right? We're not we're not telling them they need a new one. This can actually run in the background. So you mm -hmm. know we're looking at all the detections that happen. Most people have this minimized, and it only right. pops up when they get a hot list, right? Right. But if we were to look down on this video, we could see this guy's connected to the cloud. Mm -hmm. So. Everything that he's scanning is sending directly to the cloud as he scans it in real time. Mm -hmm. So if I'm you know, a manager of this particular individual back at the office, I can quickly run a report and just see how many scans that he have in the last hour. And I'm going to see right. all these same detections that are back in the office. So yeah, and, again, and banks use this for uh, repossessions and auto loans and oh, yeah. auto recovery big time, don't they? Yes. And I have I have some data on that, too. So, yes, 100 percent. They use it for a totally different purpose, <laughs> right? They're not looking for bad guys or hot list guys. Yep. They have a hot list, but it's all vehicles that the bank's looking for. Right. right. Um, yep. So this is your in-car software, Windows piece of software. And we'll pause it again and try and get to the next slide. All right. All right. So the next piece of software, again, used for real-time alerting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is called Target Alert Service. This only shows you hot list alerts. Now, this would run at an office, at a command center, you know, anyone who's going to be wanting to know what is going on out in the field. So let's say you had an agency with 10 vehicles and they're all driving out there in the field and they're driving around scanning license plates. This is not going to show them all the detections of those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plate scans that are happening. Mm -hmm. This only shows them the hot list alerts. So I was in a, a police chief's office last week and I was sitting there chatting with him and he has this running, you know, in the background on his, on his personal computer. Right. And I'm like, chief, why the heck do you have this running? Because, you know, in Pennsylvania, we got rid of the stickers. So what ends up on our NCIC hot list, we'll I'll explain here in a moment, is expired registration along with stolen vehicles, suspended right. drivers. Right. So in PA, you get a lot of expired registration alerts constantly. So he's got mm -hmm. this thing and it's just going off like crazy. I'm like, chief, what are you doing? Why do you have this running? Are you going to get in the car and go do something? And he, goes, <laughs> he, he goes, no, I just love it so much. You know, I mean, he yeah. literally just wanted to see what was going on. But yeah, you want to see that it's working yep. and that it's, it's doing what you said it was going to do. That's right. So that particular agency has 10 fixed cameras around town. And mm -hmm. these are all at major intersections. And what this Taz is doing is it's showing him only the hot list detections that are occurring at all 10 of those cameras. Mm -hmm. So that's what this is showing him. Right. And he can, can you customize the, which which alerts you get. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you could, you could tell it, Hey, just show me stolen vehicle. Just show me expired registration, filter this stuff out. You can okay, So that it. police chief could have just shut off the expired registration and yes. gotten the higher one. He wanted everything on. It. He wanted everything. He just, like, <laughs> he just, he want, you know, he spent money on this thing. He wants to know it's working. Right. Yeah. So fair um, enough. So he's a huge, you know, huge proponent of our product. But um, so again, real time alerting both in the car as the patrol officer, and back at the office. And then the other thing we can do is email text, you know, so simple form, send an email, send a text message. Mm -hmm. What we do a little bit differently is we let you customize it. So in other products that exist out there, those mm -hmm. email messages go to the entire department. So if you've got 40 people on the system, all 40 are getting stolen vehicle alerts, all 40 are getting expired registration alerts, right? So what we do is we allow you to customize it. Who specifically needs the alerts for this hot list? Who specifically wants to know when there's an expired registration or a suspended driver's license or a stolen vehicle, right? So we let you customize it. So where that comes in handy is, let's say you have a detective, he's working a specific case mm -hmm. and he's looking for five license plates as they get scanned. Well, he only needs to know about those five license plates. He doesn't right. care about stolen vehicles, right? That's not part of what he's working on. So. Mm -hmm. We can customize it to groups. We can customize it to specific individuals. We can customize it to a specific device. Just like you can do in a Vigilant ACC with alarm alerts, we can right. do the same thing in here, right? So, so if they're looking for a gang of, you know, roving people that are taking catalytic converters and they know it's one of these three vehicles, they don't really, they're not working or they don't need to pay attention to anything else. They can continue about their work and, and only get alerted when one of those three vehicles hits any of the plates or hits Correct. a it's one of the devices. Okay. That's right. Very cool. Yep. So it, it lets you do it without having to, it, it's parsing the data for you and, and, and really yes. distilling it down to just the information that you need, because there's, like you said, billions of, of license yes. plates 
hitting this system all, right. all day long, 24 right. hours a day. That's right. And if you're getting alerted of every alert that's happening, yeah. it becomes white noise at that point, right? Yeah. So and then you stop paying attention. Right. As a lower level officer, how do I, how do I determine what's important to me, you know, mm -hmm. uh, on the system? So, uh, but yes, another device that does real time alerting is target alert service, or we call it TAS. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So I mentioned the NCIC hot list. I'm not going to go do too deep and you know dive into what this is for everybody. But the basic understanding is the FBI maintains this giant list of, and I just, I'm just going to classify it as people who are wanted for some reason or people you need to be aware of or, you know, stolen vehicles, warrants for their arrest, chamber sure. alerts, all that stuff. It all ends up on this one list called the NCIC hot list. Okay. Um, this is a QR code people can scan. IPVM did a really great article on this list and explains it and how agencies use it and how it's distributed. So I thought it was worthwhile referencing because for when I'm talking to someone who's not law enforcement, they always ask, well, what the heck are you talking about, Josh? Right. So um, I thought it was worthwhile to, to share this you know, article with people. But, um, but it basically in, in states, as a, as a vigilant client, I can download this NCIC hot list and mm -hmm. I can upload it into my vigilant system. And oh, nice. It takes about three minutes, you know, or less, you know. And once I do that, all of my vehicles that are out scanning, they're instantly going to have that hot list loaded onto that vehicle. And as they drive around, if they hit one of those vehicles that's on this hot list, mm -hmm. they're going to be alerted, right? So, so, so it's a manual process that um, yes. you can because that's, that's usually a pretty large database to, to incorporate. It's very big. Yep. It takes about three minutes to download it from whatever state that you're in and then upload it into Vigilant. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the state police are generally the ones that are dispersing it to the local departments, right? The lower level departments. So. Gotcha. Uh, typically, how often do people, you know, uh, true that up or like, you know, re-download re that NCIC list? Most agencies are doing it twice a day. So they'll designate a person on first shift and a person on third shift so that every 12 hours, the list has been updated. Mm -hmm. um, I think the FBI updates it. And this article goes into more detail. The The FBI, I believe, does it twice a day. So okay. 12 hours. So, so most agencies are doing it twice a day. Some do it once a day, uh, but at least once a day is, is usually the minimum of how they're doing it. So there, there's no, and I know this is probably because it's a government database and they don't allow anybody to connect to it. That's but right. I, I know the question is going to be floating around out there. So I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Is, is there any plans or any ability to, to create a push or the, you know, some sort of integration where that just comes in on a you know regular basis? So you can work. So certain agencies have, um, we can work with you. So our IT people, our support people, it, they can help you with more of an automated process. Um, mm -hmm. If you have an SFTP server on site, mm -hmm. we can help you to automate downloading the list twice a day, putting it into the SFTP server. And then from there, it'll automatically feed into Vigilant. Okay. There's no way for us to do it directly because it has right. to go through the local agency because of CGIS compliance and things like that. Right. Um, but our support people, uh, they can assist agencies. With an automation. With setting up that automation. Yeah. Nice. Yep. There's well, certain parameters deal. that need to be in place, but you know, we can make it automated, you know, uh, to an extent. Right. So very cool. All right. So where the heck does all this data go once an agency collects it or once a HOA collects it from their camera? Right. Mm -hmm. So it all goes to the cloud. It goes to vigilant, but we separate our data sets into two very specific groups. And one is law enforcement, which falls under CGIS compliance. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is what we call client portal, and that's enterprise, commercial, parking, HOA, everybody else. So okay. if you're non-law enforcement, you go into client portal. If you have anything to do with law enforcement, you go into what we call LEARN, okay? Mm -hmm. Which it's another acronym, Law Enforcement Archival Recording Network or Reporting Network, right? You'll never mm -hmm. remember it. I've <laughs> it's called LEARN. LEARN uh, database, got portal. it. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So now we get into like the software in the cloud, right? So what do we do with all this data once it's in the cloud? Well, the very basic thing that you can do, and these things are true of whether you're in client portal as one of those clients or whether mm -hmm. you're in vigilant learn as a law enforcement entity. Both of these things that I'm going to show you can happen in both. It's, it doesn't make a difference. Right. Right? It's just your data sets that's different, right? Right. So, so just real quick before mm -hmm. we go on. So if I am a retail store, I only have access to my own data, not all the other retail people's data. It. 
just That's mine. And I correct. can share my data with law enforcement so that it goes into the learn database. So all law enforcement agencies can see it. Or do I specify like I only want certain law enforcement agencies? How to? Yeah. So you would probably specify who you want. So most times, most commercial non-law enforcement clients will not share unlimited with everybody. They will share specifically with the local police departments, right? Mm -hmm. So it might be county police, city police, local police, you know, maybe three different departments. Sure. Um, but they'll share with those. They won't open it up typically to, you know, a police department over in California. That's not normally the case. Okay. Mm -hmm. Normally it's just local PD. Okay? okay. But you are correct on your statement of what you just said. 100%. Okay. Okay. So once I get the saw, once I get the data into vigilant in the cloud, what the heck do I do with it? Right. How is it valuable to us? Right. Well, everybody knows that there's at minimum, there's a list, right? Who the heck did I scan today? Where's that list? It's going to show me all those images, all those license plates. Um, the other thing it's going to show me is vehicle make a model, right? So nice. we do what's called a plate to VIN lookup. So we decode the VIN number associated with that license plate. And from that, we can tell you that it's a black Ford F-150. It is not, I always tell people, it is not 100% perfect. It right. is pretty good, you know, but it's not 100%. So you can narrow down your search results to make model color, those kinds of things, and even vehicle type. So uh, you want to know what trucks came through. You could just say, hey, just give me all the trucks, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and then we use vehicle imaging to also, you know, so we got some AI that's going on looking at the image of the vehicle and saying, okay, this is a black Honda Civic, okay? So those both things are, are giving us those make model color attributes, okay? Um, but at basic, I can do a plate-based search. I can say, hey, I know this license plate and mm -hmm. I want to search for it, see where it's been. Um, and every one of those scans is going to show me uh, date, time, location, all that fun stuff. So here I did a plate search, my license plate. I punched it in. So you can see KNS6959, uh, punch that in there. It's going to say, hey, here's where this vehicle has been. Now, yeah. what you notice on here is, hey, we got a couple different makes and models. Why is that? Well, I didn't specify a state for a location of where the scan would have happened. And mm -hmm. I also didn't specify the registration state that this plate came from. Mm -hmm. So my results are, are big because I didn't make those narrowed search results, right? Right. But if I'm only looking for anything in Pennsylvania, I just click Pennsylvania. And now it's only gonna show me license plates that match in Pennsylvania. Or if I wanna know if it was traveling through Kentucky, I would say, mm -hmm. hey, show me any plate with this number that came through Kentucky. So all of these America. scans that are happening are GPS, they have GPS coordinates in them. Exactly. So metadata. a couple nice. of things come through the metadata whenever you have a license plate scan. So by nature, you're going to get the plate number, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that's the, that's what our whole world revolves around at Vigilant is the license plate, right? Mm -hmm. So what else do you get? You get the date, you get the time, you get, here's our make model color, right? So it's mm -hmm. pulling that information. Camera info. Where was it? Longitude, latitude, right? I'm going to click on this next button here. It's going to show me the map. The other thing you get is who the heck scanned this thing and why is that important? Well, I can see that this one was scanned by commercial data, right? So you mentioned commercial data. So DRN, our sister company, mm -hmm. DRN, sells the same products that we do on mobile for an entirely different purpose. Vehicle recovery teams are driving around looking for license plates on vehicles that need to be taken back to the bank, right? Mm -hmm. But Motorola owns their data. So every scan that happens from these vehicle recovery teams, all that data goes into a giant commercial data pool. Mm -hmm. um, and it's roughly 22 billion license plate scans right now. Um, and it sits in there and we basically provide that to law enforcement through a subscription to have access to do more investigations, more real-time alerting than what they're scanning on their own. And I'll kind of go into more detail, but this one is showing us the user was commercial data system and mm -hmm. that's where it came from. Okay. So um, Michael Miller has a question here and can one commercial client share their data with another commercial client and kind of to, to, add on yes. to that. Think about like a big box store that has multiple locations. Can they mm -hmm. share within each other's location on one account or can, yes. you know, uh, the shopping center that has, you know, two different four, five different customers in it, if it's big enough, can they share data with each other? 
They can. So they basically can tell us. So if they're the same client, if they're, let's say, just call it Best Buy, let's Mm -hmm. say Best Buy has an account within Vigilant, all of their cameras nationwide would end up in one within one account. So they would automatically be sharing across all their locations anyway. Sure. Um, If it was Best Buy and Staples, right, they want to share with each other. We can do that. We basically, they send, they tell us on paper that Mm -hmm. they want to share their data with this other account. And we do a backend, what's called a forced data sharing for okay. them. So yes, it can be done. All right. Um, Joe Brady wants to know, does learn to code year make and model by plate against the VIN? I think you, we answered that. It, that's one of the ways it does it. it. It does. It does it against the VIN and against the image. Correct. All right. And then similar question to Joe, can you combine both make model and VIN and plate number filters to help law enforcement detect stolen vehicles? So can you search by other anything other than um, you can plate search number? you can search by plate you can search by make model color you can search by VIN you can search any of those things are searchable so okay. I think what Joe might be asking is what if I have a plate that belongs to a black Ford F one fifty and mm-hmm. it's on a white Honda Civic right. Mm-hmm. So that's because I get that question almost daily, you know, because mm-hmm. these, you know, law enforcement, that's how they think. They're like, OK, right. well, I want to know the anomaly. Why right. is this plate that belongs to a VIN that's a black Ford F-150 on a white Honda Civic? Right. Mm-hmm. So currently we don't have that, but I know that it's on the roadmap as part of another search you know, analytic that we're working on. So great. Uh, Gina has a question. Uh, are there multiple users slash logins included with the subscription and then uh, the subscription option? So how, is it a seat license or, you know, how does that uh, work? Yes. So in Vigilant, there are a couple of annual costs. So the first and foremost is at minimum, if you're a client who has a single camera, you will have a yearly camera license key fee. So a mm-hmm. camera license fee per camera. So in but there's no user account uh, threshold. So you can have 400 people on your account and only one camera if you so choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't charge by seat licenses for access to vigilant software in the cloud. So it's have a camera, you're going to pay an annual camera license fee. That camera license fee, you know, people always ask, well, what the heck does that cover? Well, it covers all the storage of all your data. It covers all the software updates that we do. They're all unlimited. We don't charge for software. You can install the car detector software or the TAS software on unlimited number of clients. It doesn't make a difference to us. We don't, we don't keep track of it. It doesn't matter. What right. we care about is how many cameras do you have? And you're, pay- you're going to pay an annual fee per camera for each one of those. Okay. Right. Um, talking about data storage, because that's what part of that camera license fee is for. Mm-hmm. The other thing with Vigilant is we don't charge you any more for keeping your data for a year than we do for keeping it for a day. Whatever your retention policy that you choose is, Mm -hmm. you set that within your software account and that's how long that data will sit there. So it could be unlimited, it could be three years, it could be 24 months, it could be a day. It's up to you, the client, how you choose to keep that data. We don't charge any more or any less, it doesn't make a difference to us. It's your data, you own it, you choose how long you keep it, okay? Um, so it's a huge difference between one of our competitors that only lets you keep your data for 30 days and oh, wow. then they have another fee if you want to keep it for 60, but I think the max they go to is 90 and that's it. So for us, we have clients that have been our, our, you know, on our account since inception, their data mm-hmm. is still sitting there because that's what they've chosen, you know? So it's there forever if that's what you want. Um, also with data, because it's your data and you own it and you choose how you use it. When we talk about data sharing, law enforcement entities are not required to share their data with other law enforcement. Okay. They, don't, they choose whether they want to, because again, that's theirs. They own it. They don't right. have to share it. They can if they want, but they don't have to. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, we don't have, even vigilant employees don't have access to law enforcement data. The only right. data that we have access to is the DRN repo guys that are driving around scanning plates. That's all I have access to. And my own sales pool that we're a part of, right? So our sales guys are all driving right. around demo cars, you know, driving around scanning plates. We have access to that, but, uh, but yeah. So user accounts, um, unlimited. Now, the only one that is user-based, which I call a concurrent seat license, is the mobile app. So right. you do pay a seat license for each mobile application that you want to run. But if you have five guys in a, you know, in a squad 
and you know one of them logs in and then the other one logs in the second one's going to boot out the first guy so it's concurrent so you know that's how it works so you can buy one license and use it across five people but you just know you can only use that one license one at a time, at one at a time. that's right Great. and then well, the, anthony's yep, got right. a really good question here that it, it kind of leads right into this um can commercial data be identified but what by what tow company scan that plate. So I'm thinking like a like yeah. a school campus and you know if you park in the wrong spot you get towed. There's multiple towing companies that are are doing this. How do you know which towing company picked it up? So, which towing company scanned it? Yeah. So by nature of what we provide to the end user today, we do not show them who it was that scanned it. It goes into a, 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 a overlapping commercial data account, okay? Mm-hmm. If there is a reason to know specifically who scanned that vehicle, you can send in a request to support to DRN. And if it's a good enough reason, they will go through and they will tell you where that scan came from. But they do not do it for everybody. There has to be a reason behind it. And it has, you know, it has to be a pretty good one, you know. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, we don't, by nature, we don't show who it was. But, you know, uh, towing companies, you know, they're not owned by Motorola. They're just, towing companies that are customers right but in the event that they're doing something incorrect right we can go figure out who that particular company was and you know have a chat with them right so Mm -hmm. uh, we can help with that information but it's not something by nature of our software in its native form is going to show you right and that that kind of leads into jeff's question about you know data retention policies data safety Mm -hmm. data security uh how is the data repository impacted by freedom of information and open records act is there a difference between the learned data and the commercial data as far as you know what is required to be uh, publicly available if it was a government agency that that scanned that data so you know i'm not going to have all the answers to some of that nitty-gritty stuff what i can tell you is the commercially acquired, you know, what I call the repo data from the vehicle recovery teams ends up in a separate database from all of the other data that we collect from our other Mm -hmm. clients. Um, It's on a separate data repository. um, And, you know, we, we share it with clients as they subscribe to that service. The law enforcement data uh, ends up in, we, you know, so vigilant software operates in azure.gov. So, Mm -hmm all the data security that revolves around azure.gov, you know, also revolves around vigilant because that's where all of our, you know, what's where learn and client portal reside is over there. Um, And those databases are all separate law enforcement data is separate from enterprise data, which is separate from commercial data. So Mm -hmm. they're all siloed separately, you know, with the proper, you know, security and things like that. And we have a whole document related to data security and cybersecurity and all that fun stuff. But yeah, and I'm sure Jeff's contact information with you. And I'm sure there's a sales engineer that can talk to him about, um, you know, how exactly that works. Yep. Well, we're we're just about out of time. I I don't want to take up uh, too much extra time. Is there anything else that you want to cover with us here before we close out today? Um, let's see. The I, only I, thing... It sounds like we're going to need to do a part two to this to me because it's like <laughs> this is really good stuff. We've got really great yep. questions. A lot of people interested in it. So, yep. so the last thing I probably want to touch on, which is you know I can do super quickly, is this is you know data is the last piece of what Vigilant does, right? Mm-hmm. So we have cameras, we have software in a cloud, but the other thing that we do is commercial data and data sharing. So this just is a, is a slide that shows how big that data set is. 40 billion detections currently and growing, wow. right? So every month it grows. That is comprised of about 18 billion in law enforcement across the country and then 22 billion in, you know, vehicle recovery team commercial, you know, data. So uh, it's big. It's a big number, right? Um, and the other thing that's, you know, more unique to us than others is agency to agency data sharing. So mm-hmm. what I have found most uh, beneficial to me is when a agency decides to become a vigilant client, they love talking about this product with the surrounding agencies because they know that as soon as their neighboring agency buys a camera and becomes a vigilant client, their system has just grown by that camera. So because of our data sharing, because it's nationwide, 
you could scan a plate in Pennsylvania and put it on a hot list and it could show up in California and you're going to be notified because that other agency who you're sharing with, you know, mm -hmm. just notified you that that plate was scanned. Right. So this is probably the, you know, the, and it's the easiest thing for us to turn on to do a demo. So we have tons of agencies that call us up and ask about this mm -hmm. within about a day. I can have a demo account set up. I can have the agency have access to law enforcement data and also commercial data, and they can really test out our software. Right. So they can really get in there and, you know, do all kinds of fun things. Bye. So. All right, everyone. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you to Josh Platts for uh, giving us all that great information and sharing with us all the different ways that the Vigilant LPR system works. Um, I know it was just a brief overview that we got to do today, but I want to thank you all for joining me today and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Motorola Solutions Technology Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe so that you can be made aware of new content and we'll see you soon.